G'day and welcome to episode 94, another West Coast Eagles Premiership. Unfortunately, Jeez. you're going to have uh, a 12 episode wait until the next one now, Jeez, no, we're not, well, no, we'll have to get to 2006, wouldn't we? Yeah, 12 year wait. <laughs> no, 12 episode, episode wait. Episode yeah. 2006. That's oh, a long yeah. way into the future. Good point. Damn, didn't think that through. Maybe we should yeah. restart. Yeah. But anyway, um, Eight, yeah, 18 well, seconds uh, in, and GA's already just I, poking holes through everything I'm, just I'm saying here. I do remember the 94 grand final. We absolutely pants Geelong. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Oh, yeah. And we were the best team all year. Don't well, let anybody tell you otherwise. From what I've heard, the entire 1994 season was, was done basically with a one of the all-time great Malthouse sprays ringing in the West Coast players' ears after they were eliminated from the 1993 final series apparently like yeah. i've read some yeah some articles on that saying that goes down as one of the all-time great coaching sprays so they essentially had no choice but to bounce back and win it the following year for me yeah so, sprays didn't seem to work as well over at uh collingwood or Carlton. i was I gonna say, say but... can we can we maybe just bring up that brendan bolton in eight games has managed to achieve something that super coach mick malthouse couldn't in two and a half years Booyah! Again! With, with essentially the same list. Yeah. Yeah. So he's now on par with Brett Rat. And just, just, <laughs> just for the record here, if you're looking for a new coach, uh, as AFL Integrity Unit put it very, very succinctly, it's pretty obvious what you do. Just go hire the next best Hawthorne assistant. True, true. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty good winning strategy. Just... I think you've actually mentioned in the past the... Uh... The Clarko, um, the Clarko tree, the Clarko yeah. tree versus the Malthouse tree. Yeah, yeah. I think um, one of them's had dynamic lifter and fertilizer and extra watering and direct sunlight and everything else, and the other one's just some crummy little cactus that's been left in a corner to die. Although, having said that, the uh, the team that's currently on top of the ladder after nine rounds um, is just is, no boo. Yeah, <laughs> is uh, is from the Malthouse tree. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's, your, let's, I think he's the only branch left from yeah. the Maldives tree. Make like a stuff. tree and branch out yeah. of here. Let, let's jump straight into that then. Yes. Perhaps we'll kick things off with our own teams. I'm a bit... I know the last time we caught up and talked sport, I was very, very happy with how Hawthorne were travelling. Because basically I think we were four from five, whereas last year we'd been four from eight. Um, and we seem mm. to be just doing enough. Since then, um, Mark Duffield actually pointed out the other day um, that if you consider if 12 more points had been scored against Hawthorne, so two straight kicks, we'd be three and six right now. So four points more for Adelaide, Western Bulldogs and St Kilda, we'd be three and six. Yeah, woulda, um, woulda coulda, yep. shoulda, didn't. Yeah. That, I mean, so that's a little bit worrying. But for me, I think the bigger concern I have at this stage is that the two real contenders who we've come up against have beaten us very, very comfortably indeed. Mm. Geelong bossed that game for all but the third quarter. And essentially, if Patrick Dangerfield could kick straight, they would have had it, you know, sewn up with about 15, 20 minutes left to play. Everyone was talking it up as another epic. It really wasn't. Hawthorne really didn't compete in that game at all. They sort of clicked into gear for the third quarter, and that was it. So, yeah, beaten comfortably there by Geelong. And then last Friday night against Sydney, well, fuck, we conceded the first six goals. 
uh, went goalless in the first quarter, only kicked the last two goals of the half, um, and never, ever really looked like we were going to win that game. We, we, when Gunston kicked the last goal of the fourth quarter, that was sort of where we might have been able to get back into it, but then some horrendous decision-making. Segels, just a, a, a tip for you, mate. When you hand pass to someone, they need to be facing you. And it also, Will Langford, as much yeah. as I admire him, does not have eyes in the back of his head. It also helps you if he's not surrounded by three guys who are ready to pounce oh. on him as well. I mean, that is someone um, who's clearly been told. It's like the Zach Dawson coaching yeah. strategy there. Don't kick the ball. Look for a brown and gold jumper and hand pass it off. So I think that's since been amended to be make sure they're looking at you first. Can I jump in for a sec? You've neglected one serious contender who gave you a significant touch-up. Ah, yes, I have. Now, this one, I view this one slightly differently in that I think we went into that game having just come off three um, heart-stopping, last-gasp, emotionally-draining wins and essentially put the cue in the rack from about quarter-time onwards. I'm actually less concerned about that result than I am about the Geelong or Sydney games because I think the simple fact of the matter is we shouldn't have to be travelling to fanless stadium in the finals and if we do I'd back in our experience and our, you know our big game pedigree to actually beat them over there anyway. So that one yeah, I view that one a little bit differently. I think we would we would the Chris Noble argument we would do <laughs> Yeah, I'm not so result. sure about that, but anyway. Yeah. Look, I... But, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of... I mean, we've won the last three flags. I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up, you know. It's been a great, great And, and you're in a... Look, you're in a better position than you were this time last year. But mm. also, on top of that, I mean, you... The, the I think the bigger concern is Jar- the Jared Ruffhead situation, unfortunately. Yeah, this is, which is really, really... I mean, I it's, think it's possible he may never play again. I think that's... Yeah, I would agree with that, sadly. Um, um, with something like this, the, the treatment um, program that would be required, you're certainly not going to say, oh, let's, you know, let's do sort of a Lars um, yeah. reconstruction, you know, cancer treatment equivalent to make sure I'm back out there before the end of the year. No. I mean, the fact is he's had it diagnosed once, he's had it treated, and it's now come back. That's that's a really really bad sign with mm. with cancer, um, so I, to be honest, I think whether or not he plays again would be the least of his concerns yeah. right now. So yeah, and wish I mean, all the best to uh yeah to, to the uh, two thousand and twelve uh, Leon Davis medalist there. Yeah. Got a got <laughs> a rough, to... got a rough head is all that's called. Yeah. Uh, I used to really dislike enough, him, but he actually pulled his shit together the last three years. So, <laughs> funnily enough, as we're looking at the well, TV you know, screen, Ruffhead heads north. Apparently, Ruffhead walking across the screen. The other, we may need some volume to actually understand what yeah, the fuck the other, that headline means. But, but anyway, <laughs> the other concern is, I think the the captain might be might might have. Well, I mean, it's... D- Duffman wrote years, a really good the article. Are, uh, the uh, years are adding yeah. up and the injuries are adding up. Duffman wrote a really good article um, a few weeks into the season which said, when push came to shove in the last three grand finals and even like the prelim finals, there were four guys who Clarkson turned to. Sam Mitchell, Jordan Lewis, Sean Burgoyne and Luke Hodge. 
at the decisive moments in all three of those big games. I think it was like the first quarter against Sydney, um, the I think it was like the second quarter against West Coast, um, and the third quarter against Fremantle. These were the four guys who we had stationed in the centre square to win the clearance, get the game on our turns, and basically take control. All three, all four of those guys. I think the youngest is now Lewis, who's off the top of my head. I think he's even he's thirty one. Certainly, he's got the yeah. uh, the bald patch of a sixty one year old. But well, yeah. I um, mean, the, yeah, the other so, thing. I mean, the thing is with Lewis as well. I mean, this weekend round ten, as it is, youngest player ever to reach two hundred and fifty games. But two hundred and fifty games is a lot of K's on the uh, on the abdomen. He's paid the price for it. Just look at yeah. that bald spot. Yeah. Seriously. And what's even worse is I've got a photo on my desk of him celebrating with Sam Mitchell after the granny last year. I'm sure he's lost like at least another six or seven percent of uh, his uh, Ashley and Martin coverage since that picture was taken. Timbo had a look at it the other day and went, oh, Rudy's got marvellous hair than that tonight. And I looked at it, I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, Burgers Lewis as we call him say- this year. Uh, Just, things um, that have a, a smaller turning circle than Burgers Lewis this year include Mack Trucks. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Lewis, just get to Jordan, I think, just just give it up, mate. Buzz cut the whole way around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, take my a, God. Take it like I'm a bald. <laughs> yeah, take it like a man. A, a great Seinfeld episode there. Yeah. Too. Um, but um, I think he, of those four, he's certainly, I'd rank him fourth and by a considerable margin. So I think with him, he's a bit of a flat-track bully. In games where we absolutely dominate, he'll rack up his 35 touches. But I don't think he's sort of, you know, our, one of those go-to players. But the other three, you know, absolutely, as much as I sort of think Luke Hodge is quite overrated, the fact is Mitchell, Hodge and Burgoyne, you know, the three of them in the mix, they were Clarko's go-to players when big games had to be won. Mm. All three of those guys now, I mean, I don't want to quote a Foxtel commercial here, but time, what's the, the time yeah. waits for, oh, I don't even know what yeah. it is. He, he's a fan of Gary Ablett apparently. It's, yeah. it's some bullshit ad, but yeah. essentially time has caught up with all three of those guys. Yeah, Father um, Time's undefeated, as they like to say. Yeah. But Whatever the tagline. It's, ask- it's such a shitty commercial, I can't even yeah. quote the tagline correctly. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, basically, Mitchell has still got the poise, the decision-making, the ability mm. to just kick off left or right foot and hit up a target. Um, but he doesn't have the, the speed in the legs anymore. Um, but he never had them to begin with, so... This is also true. Um, uh, that- I think with all three of them, it's easier to... They can't just impose their will on a contest the way they used to. Mm. Um, and when I look at sort of the next generation of sort of Bradley Hill, Isaac Smith, um, Will Langford, you know, these sorts of guys, they're, they're decent players in their own right, but they're certainly not guys around they're which se- you can base a triple yeah. premiership winning team. They're, they're secondary players. Yeah. It's, and they, and they, it, it does create some issues, is that you kind of, these days you kind of need to have that dominant midfield in order to win flags. Yeah. Re- reflect back to 2006. Average defence, yeah. okay forward line, awesome midfield, <laughs> equals one premiership, but... Booyah! Yeah. For the third time. Today. Yeah. Um, so, so that's look, good, I mean, as good a time as any to throw over say, to the West Coast. Say, uh, I'll just wrap West up Coast on team. my thoughts on Hawthorne yeah. just quickly. Look, I wouldn't be worried about them. I think that 
if there's ever a team that can put it all together come finals time, if there's ever a team that's earned yeah. the kind of the respect of everyone who's theoretically just playing time until September, it's mm. probably Hawthorne. I Damage think that's been you know, That's basically. exactly right. Is that you know, I, I think if there's ever a team that can that's gonna win the, the mm. final from outside the top four, they may not finish top four this year, but I tell you what, you wouldn't want to be playing Hawthorne in an elimination game. Yeah. I mean, last year they became the first team since... 2006 West Coast Eagles. There we go. There it is again. See what I did right there? Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Since the 2006 West Coast Eagles who won... To lose a final um, and take the long way around but still get it done. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, I sense... I think there will be a moment... In a in an elimination final this year, when the realization hits, yeah, that, no, they've finally, they finally a, can't get it done. Yeah, it's a challenging um, one because but, I always say that I give them the benefit of the doubt until it can be proven that somebody's better than them. And somebody asked mm. me the other day if you were tipping somebody tomorrow to win the flag, who would you tip? And I, I said. I really shouldn't say Hawthorne, but nobody else has convinced me significantly that they can win. I'll jump in on that one because it's an interesting one because Dad asked me this two weeks ago and then pointed out, but they just got beaten by Richmond. Yeah, I said I've, Sydney, I've been saying Sydney for I think Sydney as well, but... pretty much since the first few weeks of the season. I actually think they look a cut above yeah. the other teams this year. Um, the Richmond loss notwithstanding. Mm. <laughs> um, um, but I, I think... They, to me, they've also been there and done that with a lot of those players uh, mm. already. So yeah. rather than it being like a GWS scenario where 99% of those guys, you know, outside of Heath Shaw, say, would well, be see, that's trying a, to do it for the first time. That's the time. funny thing about GWS is that that's a little bit of a myth. Heath Shaw, Steve Johnson, Shane Mumford, no, it's a- Ryan Griffin, they've, Callan Ward, they've actually had guys who have played oh. in... I'll give you Mumford and um, I can't even think. I will give you Mumford, Steve Johnson. I will not give you. Playing out is you know the the farewell season, the John Farnham um, GWS tour. Well, he's been pretty effective for them so far this year. And Ryan Griffin, I'm not really copping that either because when did the doggies go all the way? into a... Played a in preliminary finals. finals. Yeah, they never even made it to a granny, mate. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, I, I'm, the myth is, is that they're, they're totally inexperienced. I don't, it, it's a myth. They, they have some experience. I, I'd count that tough, by saying, like, tough, Shield, yeah. Canelio, I'm just going to say that it's a... Let me, more, you know, a lot of those can guys. I, can I All finish right, my right, point? I just wanted to make the point, that point there. I think that it's a tough ask to win a premiership coming from zero experience in finals as a team. Mm. I will say that. Hawthorne, I could, very first I one. Could see them, I, could, I could see them getting mm. to a grand final, though. I can't see them winning it. Mm. I think there's four... To, I, I will controversially say I think that there's only four teams that I think can win the flag. Can I guess? Go for it. Sydney, Sydney. Hawthorne, Geelong? Yes. I know how much you uh, you love Brad Scott, so I know you would have been really eager to include North Melbourne in that, that group <laughs> yeah. four. But no. no, no, I think your common sense may overpower your love of Brad put, Scott. Put, in put this it this instance, way: uh, before this weekend, North sitting on top of the ladder, nine and zero. 
Kane Turner's blood alcohol percentage was higher than theirs. Oh, bird! You just got Jamison. If you're if you're undefeated on top of the ladder after nine rounds and your percentage is about the fifth or sixth in the league, that's actually not a very good sign. I'll, I'll guess GWS. Though. Yeah, GW. I still think that the, I, I refuse to dismiss them completely because mm. they play when they're on and a dry track in September might be good for them. But mm. I, I, I still have worries. I see them very much like the West Coast Eagles of 2015 in that they're the type of team that will look really, really good in the, in the rounds going through. Until they don't. <laughs> Well, the, the finals heat might mm. catch them out. And it's probably, they're probably a year to two years away, but there's nothing to say that they couldn't bust that window open. I'm there's act- just that much talent there. I'm actually going to th- throw a counter and, and, I, and, to I, that. and I'm going to say that there's, there's one team that I think is a complete and absolute smoky in all of this that doesn't get talked about enough that could potentially surprise everybody, and that's Adelaide. I was just going to say, I reckon this season, there are eight teams you could actually say could win the flag this year. There's the four you've mentioned, and then there's Adelaide, North Melbourne, the Western Bulldogs, and the West Coast Eagles. No, the Granted, Eagles. They're, they're not, obviously they're not I going think... to be top three lines of betting, but if you look at those eight teams, I mean, I'm guessing that that will be the top eight, because yeah. basically I reckon any one of those teams... With the right run of injuries, um, you know, getting teams on a bad day or a good day or whatever, if things fall their way, I actually reckon any one of those eight teams could push for a premiership this year. Not the Eagles. I'll, I'll, um, the, the Bulldogs, the Murphy thing will really tell later in the year, not having yeah. him playing. Um, and, I mean, you look at... they've. You know they've been a completely different team since he's mm-hmm. since he's gone out. Um, earlier in the year, while he was running around, they were definitely in that mix mm. for me. Um, I I don't I don't see it with North. Um, North the remind thing... me North remind me a lot of Fremantle from last year. Is that they started the season hot, but that it was all. I mean, look. I'm going to give Brad Scott a little bit of credit because it's actually a, a really good coaching job is that they have some cracks that they're just somehow at the mm. moment managing to wallpaper across. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact is they've made prelim finals in the last two years yeah, but with like, a far, far inferior record to what I, they're currently sitting at at 9-1. and one. Yeah, I know their talk, jaw's been soft. I know no, it gets can, a lot tougher talk, from here. Can we talk about Mitz here once again as well? Is, is that each year... The game coming into the the game coming into that prelim, they were playing a team from the top four that was completely banged up. I I mean Sydney barely got a team out there last year, <laughs> and look North North showed how good they really were in that prelim against the Eagles. The Eagles played translation average. how really shit they were. <laughs> the Eagles played average in yeah. that prelim preliminary yeah. final. If they, they were playing, they coasted. They put the coast yeah, in West Coast they for certainly a lot did. of that game. And um, scarily, never looked like losing. Never looked like losing. Yeah. yeah. And when GJ doesn't doubt that West Coast is going to lose, you know that you can take that to the bank because yeah. he never misses an opportunity to sink the boot in, talk <laughs> them down, reference the four or five games last year where I tipped them, <laughs> I tipped against them on his recommendation oh. and got burned. 
all the way to the grand final. All right, anyway. But so yeah, I reckon yeah, we there's I mean, a my, bit of there's a natural I mean, pessimism when it comes to there West kind of Coast. is a little bit. I I admit but, that, but I mean, but if you look my at, concerns about the Eagles last year were certainly founded on grand final day, is that I was waiting for that day where something went completely wrong, and there was signs of it later in the year when you looked at the Adelaide game in well, particular. All they had to do was just play the game they played three weeks ago, geez. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> Prematurely shot your load in bit the of first a, week of the bit of a Bit of a difference playing in front of uh, 40 or thousand rabid fans versus a 90,000 neutral. Mm. They, got, they got stage fright. And look, I said at the time... And more importantly, they picked the wrong team to piss off. Yeah. I actually think if That's Hawthorne right. had lost to, say, Frio in the first week of the finals, had to go the long way around and then played West Coast in the granny. Could have been a very different result. Mm. But essentially, and it, you know, it may well prove to be the last significant gasp, Yeah. basically they pissed off the Hawks. They did, And yeah. Luke Hodge and co essentially said, we must not lose to this team. They made us look amateurish. They made us look second rate. They outplayed us. Their effort was bigger. You know, we got spooked by the crowd. All these rookie sort of errors. Mm. Our pride is at stake here, if nothing else. Yep. So, yeah, I actually think, you know, as disappointing as West Coast were, the fact that they were the ones who had beaten Hawthorne already kind of counted against them. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, as good as Hawthorne were really, we were bloody ordinary that day. Um... But I mean, you look at the, but say, the I, other teams. I think teams, that the so thing is like the adult... concern. The concern I have is, is hmm. that, and I've said this to you before, when teams get beaten that badly on grand final day, they very rarely get back, yet alone win it. The main reason I have West Coast and Adelaide in that mix is purely and simply the interstate factor. You win enough games at home, sneak oh. enough wins on the road, mm. and manage to grab a top two or top four spot. You can win well, the premiership. If you're right? a, if it's, you're it's that an in, simple. Well, if you're an interstate team, there is a pathway there that um, there is a pathway. It's it's that you've got to you've got to finish top four and you've got to win that first week. Hmm. You've got to get that week off and get that home prelim. Yeah, it's really hard to win it without it. Ah, Frio two thousand and thirteen. Exactly. It, that's exactly right. And you, if you can't, might well. The reason why I write the Eagles off is is that in the three, in a similar, I could say the exact same thing you said about Hawthorne with regards to the Eagles this the year. They've had three, they've played. they've played three contenders yeah. on the road and barely fired a shot mm. against Hawthorne. Played well for about 15 minutes against Geelong mm. and played well for about two and a half quarters against Sydney. And but ultimate, never, but ultimately never really, did get within six goals yeah, of any of them. But at the same time, never really looked like winning yeah. any of those games. And The Hawthorne one was the worst one for mine because yeah. so often you see a team, the first rematch of the previous year's grand finalists, you so often see the result reversed, basically because the team that lost the grand final last year, they have to win, you know. They've got a point to prove. They have to come out and make yeah. a statement. West Coast, not only did they not make a statement, well, they they did make a statement. The statement was the same lack of effort, the same, you know, mm. completely underwhelming performance from the first say, Saturday in October last year. This statement was, Here's the encore. The statement was, we don't feel like we can beat these guys. Yeah. Um, so that, that was the one was that beaten, really... Beaten before they got out there on the field, and that's mm. a worry. And I mean... 
the Eagles are always uh, the reality is is that a team like the Eagles are always going to look good because they play so well at home. They're always going to tease and flirt, make you, make it seem like they're there or they're about. So you're trying not to say House of Pain right now, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. They just can't do it. They they are a six goal better team over here, and that's a, and that yeah. works both ways. Um, well, and look, that's great. That'll get you into the finals, but it won't get you deep into the finals. Mm. Uh, I I still have real significant concerns about our midfield. Is that you, the teams we've talked about? You talk Hodge, Mitchell, and Burgoyne. Well, West, West Coast just don't well, have that you same know, pedigree. Well, do they? and it's not even that. It's just that we don't have an Isaac Smith. A guy who can run with the ball and break lines. Lewis Jetta, anyone? <laughs> As you well know, I was dead against that trade when it happened. Give Darren Glass his number back. Um, so yeah. I, look, no, it's it's a fair point, and that's that probably. We have, well, the the reality is, you put Luke Shuey in Hawthorne's team. Luke Shuey is the Eagles' best midfielder. That's some people might consider that controversial, but he is their best midfielder. That's why everybody tags Luke Shuey. They don't tag Prittis. You put Shuey... Thanks for the brown line. <laughs> you, should, you put Shuey in Hawthorne. You put Shuey in Geelong. You put Shuey in Sydney. He's probably, at best, their third best midfielder. At best. Yeah. That would be fair. And that's that's the worry. It's just we don't have that elite... Quality, that elite A-grade I midfielder. Reckon, I reckon you can make the exact same argument about North. Like Zebul, yeah. Swallow, Del Santo, and that you know, it's Atlee, a, these it's, guys. It's a legitimate it's, concern about North as well for the same reason is, mm. is that North and and North are in a similar boat to us. Is North don't really have that line breaker either. It's a really important characteristic. Well, that, that, here comes the boom. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. Here man. comes the boom. Soon to be the game's record holder. <laughs> Sorry, we're making reference to when we. Uh, had the in a, Ill, a very, very ill-fated uh, football trip at the end of the last season where we saw Hawthorne get towed up by Port Adelaide and then uh, Frio towed up by North Melbourne. Yeah. And Here the, comes uh, the boom was... Uh, every time yeah, Harvey kicked a goal. And on the big screen. <laughs> the, uh, the, sound of, the sound of the crowd cheering was probably equally matched by my groaning. Yeah, it was essentially <laughs> the sort of like gimmick... And graphics that you'd expect at like a high school football game, yeah, and not even a high school football final, like a, a mid-season game. Yeah, but yeah, they were they were breaking it out, and they just loved it. It and didn't of course, help. What it really stuck help. in our crawl was the fact that he kicked four goals <laughs> and actually right. won them the game. So, yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, the, I, the boom I think did. The, um, <laughs> the boom landed. Yeah. The Eagles. I mean, the, the closest thing the Eagles have to a game breaker is Natanui. I'd uh, I'd nominate the bloke who's currently running second or third in the um, Coleman Medal myself. The problem with that is, is that I always, when it comes to finals time, I, I've, my belief about key position forwards, and you've heard me say this many a time, yeah. is is that you need them to get to the finals, but they don't win you finals, because the teams that you're invariably playing have good key position defenders who can neutralise them. You never know, though. This year he could be up against showmakers. <laughs> yeah. No. no, and look, I mean, let's, well, let's, let's look just, at Josh Kennedy's can I, can grand final from last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
the thing is, no, is fucking let's not but look the at thing it. is the thing is if you can dry up supply it's easy to dry up supply mm. as well if you have a let's 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 be let's be generous and say that the eagles have a midfield that's in the eight to ten range yeah um the quality teams can dry up the effect of that midfield. You look at, basically, if you want to see everything that's wrong with the Eagles, you watch the Geelong game. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the Seinfeld line now, the communism line. He controls the means of supply. That's all you've got to do to neutralise Kennedy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why that's, Buddy yeah. Franklin is just such a, a freakish talent. Is mm. Because, basically, he is versatile enough to play that stay-at-home forward role, well, the thing but is, then also play up the ground the, and win yeah, it Yeah, I was going to say that the beauty... Kennedy of, can't do that. Well, Kennedy can play up the ground, but the thing is, oh, is that when Buddy yeah. plays up the ground, you have Tippett as another target. The Eagles have an undersized Jack Darling acting as the second... Leon Davis medalist, 2015. (laughs) The Eagles have Jack Darling having to fill that role. So I think that this is where Lysette can theoretically play a really important role for the Eagles moving forward. I think, having said that... You're just saying that because you've got him in Dream Team this year and he torched my ass when I played you two weeks ago. (laughs) Scott Lysette, as... He was. You can, I, can I go on the record and say that you know, one one ongoing debate that we always have with regards to fantasy AFL is how much you should be paying for Ruckman. GJ's uh, argument is essentially fuck the rucks. <laughs> yeah, is that there's that? Is that I reckon I can find equal value at a hundred to a hundred and fifty grand less. Yeah. When he's allocating his budget, it's no nah, fuck the rucks. <laughs> I'll bring it up. Ivan Marich, Scott Lysette, Kurt Tippett. Uh, you've had a number of other success stories over well, the Sam years. Well, Sam Jacobs, um, when he had a breakout year as well. Uh, Stefan Martin early. The Bull and Blitz last year. Blitz arms, of course. $299,000. Yeah. Thanks for coming. GJ's ruck. Basically, he conducts... Moneyball for two positions in his fantasy team. Yeah, rack one, <laughs> so rack two. Probably won't be able to get a book and a movie deal with Brad Pitt out of that, but yeah. still, it, it, you know, on a smaller scale, it's working for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a strategy that I I, I stick with strongly. Um, but I I think the McGovern forward I think will happen at some stage. Um, I I don't like the concept of that because he is a natural defender mm. but I think that they'll just get You've to the go point where the need for him is they'll, they'll realise that this whole issue of if you take Kennedy out Darling doesn't show up Lacroix doesn't show up which Lacroix has a track record of not exactly being a high performance yeah. player and when the, the S when becomes the a on, P in uh, the big games we talk Mark about Cry. we talk we've, we've joked and we will probably one day get around to doing our flat track bully all yeah. Australians and Mark Lacroix would be the captain of the team you, you probably have that at the same ceremony as the Leon Davis medal yeah. I reckon yeah <laughs> so the, uh, the the medal painstakingly forged out of shit and then chucked through someone's window along with the uh, the 22 um, paper bags of shit set on fire and yeah the doorbell rang and bolting <laughs> yeah. away. It's the oh, Leon so Davis medal and the yeah the flat track bullies. Yeah. The, the Seagull All Australian team, yeah. if you will. So, so look, that's where we stand at the moment. I'd, I'd, yeah. as we're, I say, we're tier, I say we're. I've said that we're a tier two team. Well, we might, might even be a tier three team. The top four that we talked, I talked about before, are in my tier one, and I think that Adelaide and mm. possibly the Bulldogs are just ahead of us. We're probably at the same level as North Melbourne. 
You know the reason why all these other teams are in the mix, though? It's just because, basically, of where they sit in relation to the other teams. I mean, right now, Hawthorne's percentage is about 20 points lower than any other team in the top eight. If we finish equal on points with one of those teams, unless Ooh. something really turns around, which, to be honest, the way, as we've discussed, the way we're sort of just going through the season with, you know, damage yeah. minimisation, mean, we will be behind on percentage. Having, having said that, I don't think you've played any of the bottom feeders yet. You've got Brisbane. We're in round 10. You've got Brisbane this round. You've got... You haven't played Essendon. You haven't played That's Fremantle. Friday night. Yeah. That's going to be a bloodbath. Looking yeah. forward to that one. You but haven't so, played... So I think For that, that reason, that's why I think these other teams, such as, you know, North Melbourne, who say what you will about it, they're three games clear of us. Well, they were three games clear after nine rounds. Um, teams like the Doggies, who made the most of their um, let's never leave Eddie Had Stadium over the first couple of months of the season. Yeah. Teams like Adelaide, who have played Sydney and won, got within a bee's dick of beating Hawthorne and have the um, interstate home ground advantage, although they didn't show it against Geelong. Uh, that's why I reckon, you know, West Coast as well, who, as bad yeah. as they've been, you know, they're still equal on points, I believe, at the moment with Hawthorne and probably about 40 percentage points ahead oh. of them. Yeah. You know, there's. I think in previous seasons we've sort of been able to pinpoint straight away who the contenders are. I reckon yeah. this year, the ladder at the end of the season could look quite oh. interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think that some have stuck their heads up. Mm. There's, I mean... Sydney and Hawthorne are, are perennial contenders, as far as I'm mm. concerned at the moment. Geelong and GWS have definitely said, hey, look at us. And, and know, I mean, look, Geelong have gone for broke. They have to do it this year, really. Yeah. But, my, I mean, what I'll say, though, is that Sydney lost to Richmond, Geelong yeah. lost to Collingwood. You know, it's because of results like that that I think, yeah, right now the top eight is essentially a bit of a wrap. I just think that it's more that that middle rung is better than it ever perhaps has yeah. been is that there's probably, realistically, there's probably only three or four walkover teams in the league at the moment. You've, had, you've got teams... Yeah, who, last year's McClellan Trophy winners are one of them. Right. <laughs> Ripley's, the believe of, it or not. The, the plight of Fremantle will probably be our very next topic in oh, this discussion. I think we need to include Timbo in that one. Oh, <laughs> we um, may actually get some disgruntlement from him for once. But, uh, the, the thing about... That is just that, you know, teams like Melbourne and Carlton who have been whipping Carlton. who have been whipping boys for years are playing way better than they have been. Yeah. So that 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 whole like the I mean, bottom Carlton won four games in a row for fuck's sake. Yeah. Could not make that up. No. Frio gone from first to last and Carlton have won four in a row. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw that one coming uh, nine weeks into the season. No, they didn't. Do we want to... Uh, let's segue to Fremantle. I've got a few <laughs> thoughts about this. So, as an outsider looking in in many respects, but also somebody who pays a lot of attention to, to them. RTB, as you as yeah. you have dubbed him. Ross, Ross the, the Boss. boss. Yeah. yeah. I feel a bit for Ross the Boss in this case. I don't necessarily think that the problems are his. I, I mean, look, first, first off the bat, when you take out... This, this team is, much like the Eagles with Natanui, this team is so uh, conditioned, for lack of a better word, mm. in having first use of the ball yep. around a stoppage because they have Sandalands. Mm. 
So not having Sandwains has the, a the massive... Drop to Griffin and... Yeah. I mean, Zach Clark's a, a, like an, a middling waffle-level oh. player, to be honest. People, so, people used to bag Nick Nanui out for having no football nous, being for being an athlete playing a footballer. The poster boy for that is Zach Clark. Yeah. And he's not the even guys, that athletic. The guys, the guys somehow managed to turn a, a six or seven game hot streak... Into <laughs> he's forged an entire career out yeah, of that. <laughs> into a career where he just gets chance after chance after chance. Where he's proven that he's actually not that good unless he's a number one ruckman. The Ishant Sharma of the AFL, yeah. if you will. Although perhaps not quite as unlike. So, but <laughs> they've had Sandowans for a game and a quarter. Mm. Um, I mean, the Fife injury obviously is a significant blow as well. The best contested midfielder in the competition... A guy who can go forward and pinch you goals as well because he's so good in the air. Particularly if he had been able to play with Harley, Harley Bennell. 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 I, I yeah. never pronounced that one right. Between well, him and Jamie, apparently the two names are pronounced differently too. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to start pronouncing them both the same. At least I'll be right 50% of the time. Yeah. But yeah, him, I mean, the other one, the well, big Michael one is Johnson's, Michael Johnson Johnson's as well. A that's huge loss that's too, been a massive yeah. blow. Is that, but I mean, it's, it's, it's also the spillover effect from losing McFarlane. Because it actually meant Johnson went from being a loose third man up guy into a guy who was now having to take a, to take an opponent, so they were losing his run and carry drive and intercept. It's a bit different when he's retired, though. No, I, mean, I know, but they, I'm just saying that yeah. that's the thing. I'm, I'm getting to where I want to get to by having these discussions <laughs> and making these points. I think you have to, and the, then of course the killer blow last week of Alex Pierce, who is oh, arguably uh, yeah, his, that is. He's the only guy that they've, they've drafted that over one. the first couple of years. Uh, I'm sorry, over the last couple of years, that is a a key position player, but actually looks like he's got a 200 game career ahead of him. He has shown and he's so ready much to play right in, now in such yeah. difficult circumstances. Yeah. I mean, being played out of position, being asked to to do someone else's role, basically just you know a yeah. stopgap. Um, and you can tell you can tell a lot about guys like that very early in the piece. I remember watching his second or third game and thinking, gee, this guy's, this guy's yeah. got something. Um, he's very Darren. Uh, uh, you'll like this comparison. Yeah. I see a lot of Darren Glass yeah. in him. Exactly. Um, he's no fuss, no muss. Yep. Just you know, quietly. You know, there's a fair bit of Jerry, Jeremy McGovern is probably the current eagle who I sort of see in that same mould in that you can give him a role and even if it's he's not more, what he's, he's more, best suited no, to he's do... he's more Will Schofield he can, than Jeremy McGovern. Well, but see, I, I mean, I just look at the way they but, used him as a forward at stages yeah. last year. You know, everything they've sort of asked of him, he's yeah. done it. Whereas you look at, yeah, as you say, Zach Clark, um, Matt Taberner is yeah. the other one. I mean, he's a, just a complete myth. Mm. Um, you know, the but Alex Pierce injury is the one that I think sort of cuts them well, the deepest yeah, in many ways. I, yeah, that's exactly right, because it could have been a good year to get some pump some experience yep. into him, giving mm. him the number one player and saying, look, yeah, we know we're throwing you to the wolves a little bit, but here's a perfect opportunity yeah. for you to learn. It, it hurts. Yeah. That one really hurts. And now having Hill and Mundy in yeah. a shorter term... You know, shorter time frame, but still missing yeah, those I mean, guys on top of you're everything wiping else. Out so much top end talent, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Any team's going to look bad, but I think look, 
the the thing about Fremantle is I want to talk a little bit more broadly about their their recruitment strategy. I actually don't have much of a problem with their recruitment strategy as it stands. The mistake that they made is that they haven't been able to convert one of these key position targets, mm. get them over the line. When you're in the premiership window and you're going to the draft, it actually makes sense to draft midfielders early because they're the ones that are most likely to come in and contribute straight away. It actually makes sense to try and get in free agent key position players or try and trade for key position players because the development cycle has already gone into these guys. You need them to be able to plug and play. Mm. That's been their strategy, and I actually think that that's the right strategy for the record. I don't think they've done anything wrong there. I think that they made two mistakes. The first one is that they just didn't get any of those guys across the line for whatever reason, and it seems to be more a function of they weren't willing to cough up either the money or the picks to make it happen. Despite them willing to give up two first-round picks for Cameron McCarthy. <laughs> and they Go still, figure on that one. Well, that's, like, that was more desperation yeah, than anything the, else. That and that, and crazy. funnily enough, that still didn't get the deal done, and it should have mm. been more than enough currency. Well, We've talked about that before. That's what the question that has been asked is, are Frio unable to pull a big-name player <coughs> over to their club? But then that, may, um, then that becomes a sec- the second fault that they've had. Um, talking with another... Supporter. One of the things that I've always said is that if I was in charge of recruitment, I would have a very, very clear and defined strategy with regards to the rookie draft, in that I would be trying to pick a tall guy and a key position guy every single rookie draft. Put two years into developing them, seeing what happens. Mm. If it doesn't work, turn it over. Because eventually you'll hit the mark. Yeah. I mean, you've said the phrase Jeremy McGovern. Jeremy McGovern was a speculative rookie pick by the West Coast Eagles. Mm. Aaron yeah, Sandwens... Frio was, could have picked him up. And Frio, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Aaron Sandwens was a rookie pick. The thing is, take that punt. The conversion rate will be a lot lower, but when it does convert, yeah. you're getting a lot more bang for well, your buck, aren't you? Well, that's the thing, is that the conversion rate will be... I, I think the rookie draft, you should only ever be drafting two types of players there. Players who are either small forwards or small defenders, guys who will play on the small forwards, or you're drafting tall guys. So GJ's saying you pick two types of players, short guys or tall guys. <laughs> Well, I'm saying you pick key position. You almost yeah, ignore, you you ignore you midfielders yeah. because you need cream in the midfield. Yeah, and you're generally not getting cream from the from the midfield with rookie picks. You look and at, more, and I know that Matt Prentice won a Brownlow medal, but he's not If you do get cream. the cream, it's not really going to stand out from the dozens and dozens of other elite midfielders you have in the That's competition. That's exactly right. Like, yeah, you say Matt Prentice won a Brownlow. The fact is, if you're talking about great midfielders in the competition, you could rattle off, you know, probably a couple of dozen easily. You're talking mm. about great defenders or great forwards, suddenly you're probably down to one hand for yeah. each. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I agree with what you're saying there. But yeah. And I mean, look, the, the thing is, is that how many good quality small forwards have come from the rookie draft? I, I wouldn't be able to answer it. Well, I, I can I'll, I'll name a few off the top of my head. Defer to your uh, expert. Eddie Betts, Jeff Garlett, Charlie Cameron... Any uh, white players? Is that is that racist in Indigenous well, Stephen, round? <laughs> Stephen, Stephen Milne was a rookie pick. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, this, this the thing is, is that you can kind of pick them up there. 
Yeah. It's, uh, I, and you know, there's, a, there's big a much broader of, pool. A big part <laughs> of my frustration with my own team is, is that we, we haven't done that. Yeah. And the ones that we've tried, we, we haven't tried enough, and the ones that we tried, we failed on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the way that they've, they tried to get Travis Cloak, I mean, based yeah. on this season's form, you'd say oh, bullet look, dodge, I mean, this, but this they, the they tried to get Travis Cloak, they got Jack Anthony, who was, mm. I don't even want to say a homeless man's Travis Cloak, mm. um, you know, they went after, I think they went after Carlisle, was it? Um, they're after, going after Hogan. They've gone after they're, a lot of guys. They've gone yeah. after Harry Taylor. They went after Mitch Clark. Yeah, and um, you know some of these guys do have the WA as their home James state Frawley. factor. But um, yeah, do you reckon Frio are incapable of pulling a big name? <sighs> yes, but you have to be more. I think you have <laughs> thank to be you for answering. First of all, you have to be specific <laughs> about why it is. And as I said, I just don't think that they're willing to pony up mm. the dough. And by the dough, I mean either the money or the trade assets. That's the... Ex- excluding Cam McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I said, I saw that as a smack of desperation. It's yeah. like, well, we've, we've tried and failed for so many How years. How GWS did not agree to that is just yeah. beyond me. Whoever refused to sign off on that trade deal should be... <laughs> given his marching orders. Well, I mean, they'd be laughing because they'd be, they're basically going to be turning down a top five pick this year. That's right. That Yes, I did hear that the other day. Someone said, yeah, by refusing to sign off on that trade, GWS in all likelihood have given up the number one draft in, the number one draft pick this year. Oh, Frio won't finish class. You heard it here first. All right, I will say this right Frio now. Frio plays... They, they have a game against Essendon next yep. week. Yeah. If they lose that, they'll finish last. I'm calling it right now. Well, they all played Brisbane yet, too. Yeah, but everyone said that about the Carlton game yeah. over here. Boom. Yeah, I, I, I think that's like, a fair call. I, I can't see Essendon winning more than three this year. So, mm. um, the, the other one is probably Gold Coast, but again, they've got a three-game head start. So, mm. I'm, you know, at this stage, yeah, I'm not sure Freo will catch them. And, well, once again, I know that tanking's a dirty word, but it's not in Fucking do it. Yeah. It's not a dirty word. It's, it's in... a smart, astute, yes. correct strategy it is. to apply. Just and plus, apparently, the AFL don't actually know what it means. So, but they, although but you can still be found guilty of it. Yeah, but they, they can't define it, but you, you still <laughs> but can't you, get fined. you can have done it. <laughs> yeah. You can still get fined $500,000 yeah. for not doing it. For doing something that we... Don't know the definition. Just don't, I mean, don't take it to the Philadelphia 76ers yeah. extreme, but yeah. hey, I mean, they finally got the number one pick, so... Keep it on the DL, but yeah. make it happen. And by DL, we mean disabled list. <laughs> I think that's enough. Sandlands, <laughs> Sandlands, don't come back. Fife, don't come back. They put yeah. Benell on ice, which yeah. is probably not a good thing, given his history. And... Uh, I'll close. You, you've made two awful puns in about 30 seconds there now, so I'm just cutting away from you now. I'll close with a serve to Ross line. You rat bastard. Just because the Fremantle Dockers lost to the West Coast Eagles, you decided, you know what, I'll gain a small form of revenge by letting Peel Thunder towel up East Perth last week. M. Barlow. 44 touches. 13 tackles, three goals. Not only that, but that's 60% of his team's goals and as many as the entire East Perth team Mm. kicked. 
That was clearly Ross Lyon just saying, you know what? Those fucking West Coast guys towed us up. I'm going to get my own back on them and, yeah, send Barlow down to give the, give the Royals a touch-up. That was baffling. So, Dropping him even at that stage with all the injuries was baffling as it was. I'm telling you, that's what it was all about. He's just trying to fuck over East Perth. So, boo, Ross Lyon. Here comes the boo. You're one M away from a games record holder right now. I'm done. Later, skaters. Later, hosen. <laughs> <laughs>